Hi everyone, this is Janice, your neighborhood nutritionist. I've spent the last couple of years helping busy office professionals upgrade their health through upgrading their nutrition. And one thing was very obvious. Nobody's got time to read up on all the scientific stuff to know fact from fiction. So each week, I will talk to you about a different topic or concept in nutrition in simple, everyday terms, so you are empowered to make the best nutritional decisions. Get ready to learn about some new stuff, gain new insights into old concepts, and super boost your health. Hey, welcome back to part two of our menstrual health series to honor and celebrate International Women's Day. If you haven't listened to part one yet, you can find this with the rest of the episode of my podcast. So I think apart from our menstrual cycles, you know, I'm a big believer in going back to kind of nature. I'm I'm not Mm. someone who would wake up when the sun comes up because... I get up when I want to get up (laughs) and obviously now we have light so I don't sleep the minute the sun goes down but I think it's such a obvious way almost of working with your body you know Mm -hmm. don't why are you trying to make it work the other way um so I think that's really good advice and actually I was thinking I had one more question about things I've heard and maybe we can talk a little bit about misconceptions I'm sure you would have heard a lot of misconceptions around Mm -hmm. this area um so I am quite fond of weightlifting so I've heard that the days after your period is over you're supposed to be able to lift heavier is there any basis to that Yes. So I love cycle syncing exercise and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's like you said, it's intuitively listening to what your body wants to do naturally. And so Mm -hmm. after your period, your hormones are starting to rise and so is your energy. So you have more strength to be able to lift heavier. And sometimes your body sees exercise as stress during your period, your body can handle less stress because your hormones are so low. And so as you go into follicular right after your period, your hormones are rising, your energy's rising, and your mm-hmm. response to stress is rising. So yes, you can lift heavier after your period into ovulation, and then you want to start lifting a little lighter again, as well as the intensity of your exercise. So I always tell people, During your period, you want to be doing yoga, walking, light, restorative movements. Mm -hmm. As you go up follicular and ovulation, you can do more intensity. You can do those boot classes, spin classes, lift your heavy weights. As you come back down into luteal, that's when you need to, again, come back into that restorative, a little bit lighter weights, a little bit, you know, less intense exercise. So it's really listening to your body and working with your energy and your stress response. Basically, don't kill yourself. Exactly. Just be kind to yourself. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And what will happen too is if you are pushing, you know, sometimes you're like, I really don't feel like working out today. I just am tired, but I'm going to go anyways because I don't want to gain weight. That's what I used to always tell myself. I was, you know, a fitness personal trainer. That would be the worst thing in the world to gain weight. (laughs) And so I would just push through that feeling. But what that does is it's putting stress on your body. And when your body is, your hormones are low and you can't handle that stress, 
your body releases cortisol and adrenaline, which does the opposite of what you're trying to do in the gym. It causes you to gain weight. It causes you to not be able to lose weight, gain belly fat, all of these things, which is like counterproductive of what you're trying to do. (laughs) So I always Mm -hmm. tell my clients, listen to your body, pay attention to what cycle you're in, what cycle phase, and then work out accordingly. And it's okay if you need to take a rest day it's okay. You're not going to lose everything that you've worked towards all month. Are there any other misconceptions that you think you want to debunk on here? So I hear a lot of chatter around some popular diets. Two of them Mm -hmm. in particular is intermittent fasting and keto. So Mm -hmm. I hear I'm in all the, not all, but I'm in a lot of like the fertility groups, the, you know, holistic health groups. And I'm here to tell you that these two diets are not going to work as well on a woman as they are on a man because of our hormones, because Mm -hmm. men have a 24-hour hormone clock. Their testosterone rises in the morning, then it drops in the evening. It does this every single day, 24 hours it resets. Women, we have a 28-day to 35-day clock, which we just learned here today. So our hormones Mm -hmm. are rising, but then it takes them a lot longer to come back down. So if we are limiting our food, if we're fasting, if we're trying to eat really high and like cut macros out where we're not eating any carbs or very low carb, then our hormones are going to be affected. And that diet is not going to work as well on us as it would our partner or our husbands. And so I love intermittent fasting overnight. I think as you go into sleep, you know, stop eating around seven or eight o'clock at night try to get Mm -hmm. about a 12 to 14 hour fast. So, you know, don't eat again until eight, between eight and 10 the next morning. If you want to do some sort of fast, that's the fast you should do because your body's already trying to renew and uh, regenerate and detox and all of those things overnight. So I always say, if you want to do intermittent fasting, do it at night. During the day, your hormones need food. They need food to create themselves. They need food to be optimized, to do all of your bodily functions to give you energy. So going long periods of time during the day is going to, again, do the opposite of what you're trying to do with that diet because your body will see that as stress and it will, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to lose weight most of the time if you're doing this diet and it's going to cause you to gain weight or not be able to lose weight, not get as lean as you want to get, that type of thing. And the same with keto. I mean, you're cutting out an entire macro. I do, um, I recently had, Dr. Anna Kabeka on my podcast, and she does something called Keto Green, where it's mm-hmm. similar to keto. It's low carb, but it's a lot more vegetables. I think that's wonderful. So if you're going to do some sort of keto, it's okay to be low carb, but just don't completely cut out carbs. And don't overdo it with the fats and the proteins. Like you can have too much of that as well. It's all about mm-hmm. balance, whole food, sprinkling in these cycle thinking foods for women to have the most optimized hormones. I actually had a few um, more misconceptions that I want you to help dispel. So I think actually quite recently I was watching a show and somebody said it was a TV show, a made up situation. And the person said they were because of their job, either as a model or something. So they were taking birth control pills to hold off their period until it's convenient so is that (laughs) what 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 is that like yes so the period that you have when you're on birth control pills is not actually a period 
It's just mm-hmm. your body um, there. You're putting a Band-Aid on your regular hormones. So you're kind of like pausing your hormone cascade. But then mm-hmm. whenever you take the sugar pills, it stops that synthetic hormone, which is in the birth control pills. So it's like you you get a period, but it's not really your period. It's just mm-hmm. the pill forcing your body to shed that lining and not letting it do it naturally. So you still get the bleed, but you don't get the hormone fluctuation like you would if you were not on the birth control pill Um, Mm -hmm. and those hormones do so many more things like we just learned and so you're kind of like pausing all of that Um, and so I recommend I don't like the pill I don't think you should be on birth control pills there's ways to prevent pregnancy if that's why you're on it uh, and other more holistic ways or Mm -hmm. if you're trying to um, you know, sometimes you have to be on birth control if you're going through an art cycle, which that's a whole nother conversation. That's okay if you're doing it for that. Um, but if you are working out and, you know, you're trying or you're modeling and you're trying to get your period to come at a certain time, that's really playing Russian roulette with your body. It's not super healthy. Mm-hmm. And whenever you stop doing that, it's going to be so much harder to get your real hormones back into place, get your natural cycle back into place. So it could affect things like your fertility, your overall health. It could set you up for disease and illness later on in life. It can cause your period to never be normal again uh, or to take a really long time to become normal, which can cause, you know, all sorts of issues. And so I do not recommend doing that. (laughs) If you are a model and you have to do that, figure out another way to schedule around your natural period, (laughs) you know, figure out some Mm -hmm. other holistic way because it's just not going to be worth it in the long run. And are there any foods or any ways that, you know, you just mentioned some people might actually want to I don't know if the word is to induce their period so it comes at a more convenient time. So are there any foods or I don't I don't even know because I've never tried this, but do people try to induce their periods? Yeah, so there there's you will have your natural cycle. So there's no way to say like, you know, you're in your 28 day cycle. I don't want to have my period today. I just want to have it next week. So I'm just going to eat this kale and I'm going to make it come next week. (laughs) It doesn't really work like that. It all has to do with your hormone fluctuation. So there's really no way. But again, you can, by eating certain foods, you can make your period lighter, less cumbersome, less, you know, symptoms. And so when your period is like that, it's a lot easier to do your modeling job, to do your weightlifting competitions, whatever it is, because your period's so easy. It's like you don't even... You can't even tell it's here. So what are these foods that can help us have maybe more pleasant periods? Yes. So this all comes back to cycle syncing. And so there's certain foods during certain phases of your cycle that are going to benefit you most. So during menstruation, this is kind of like your winter if you're looking at it from a Chinese medicine perspective. And so this Mm -hmm. would be like warming foods, things that will help your blood to be thin and to shed easily. So I love to do like soups and stews, root Mm -hmm. vegetables. I also love seed cycling. So pumpkin seeds, flax seeds Mm. um, to get some of those really good, um, you know, like magnesium and selenium, different micronutrients that you might need. As you go into follicular, this is when you're going, remember your hormones are rising, you're going into your spring. So this is when you can introduce more light, fresh, fair, like salads and 
smoothies and raw juices. You also want to make sure that your gut health is optimized. So I recommend doing some pre and probiotic foods. So things like fermented foods, kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, as well as a pretty good amount of fiber for the prebiotics. Prebiotics, here's a little, um, a lot of people don't know this, but your prebiotics are the fiber that feeds your probiotics, which is the good Mm -hmm. bacteria in your gut. So, um, so yes. So, you know, things like broccoli and, um, nuts and seeds, again, the flax seeds, the pumpkin seeds are great for this phase. Then as you go into ovulation, this is when you're about to release an egg. Even if you're not trying to get pregnant, you still want a healthy ovulation. So you want to be doing Mm -hmm. things to uh, promote egg health. And so any antioxidant-rich food will do that. So berries, citrus, papaya, uh, even some kale, radishes, things like that is perfect for your follicular phase. Then as you go into luteal, this is when we want to start to detox. And so this is any natural detox-friendly foods and high-fiber foods because what happens is the fiber molecule attaches to the hormone molecule and naturally pulls it out of your body and releases it through, you know, your bowel movements, your sweat, your, you know, all of those bodily functions. It releases those hormones out. Uh, So things like adding in some warm lemon water or doing Mm -hmm. onions, garlic, fennel, uh, any of your like lean, um, your grains, so like a quinoa, buckwheat, a, um, a millet, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so so that's uh, kind of rounds out your diet. Um, any time of your cycle, I encourage whole food balanced nutrition. So I do something called the magic plates. And so it's breaking your plate into thirds and it helps to It helps you to create meals so you don't have to count calories or macros or worry Mm -hmm. about, like, am I getting the right proportions, whatever it is. And so the magic plate is breaking your plate into thirds. And so it's a third protein, that's animal or plant, Uh, a third leafy greens or any vegetable. I recommend eating the Mm -hmm. rainbow, but also eating lots of leafy greens. Then a third slow burning carb or grain. So this would be your root vegetables, pumpkin, squash. Uh, sweet potatoes, eggplant, or a slow-burning grain, quinoa, sour, uh, buckwheat, malay, things like that. And then one to two tablespoons of a healthy fat. That would be like avocado, nuts and seeds, oil, olive oils, coconut oils, things, flat, fatty fish, things like that. So you always start with that balanced whole food magic plate, and then you sprinkle in your cycle-syncing foods in with that. Um, And so that will round out your plate. It'll round out all the foods that your hormones need and will help you to have a pleasant period. Yeah. And that's super simple to follow, right? There's no Mm -hmm. counting, there's no measuring. And I think even if you are a man listening, or if you are someone who does not have periods, I think that's still a very healthy way to eat. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yep. And it makes it super easy. And sometimes it becomes like, second nature. Like I'll just look at my meal and I'll Mm -hmm. be like, okay, I've got my protein. I've got my whole grain. I've got my uh, veggie. This looks good. Yeah. And so it's like an easy, just little view of what you're eating. And I was actually at the top of the podcast. I was going to say, listen, even if you are a guy, it really helps (laughs) you, I guess, have a bit more understanding of why the women in your family are, you know, behaving strangely or, you know, differently to other times in the month. And, you know, it's general knowledge. 
Um, exactly. And actually, I had one last question before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, is it true that women can sink on their periods if they live together for a long time? Sometimes they can because their hormones get to, into natural circadian rhythm. So yeah, you actually can do that. How that works, um, I'm assuming it is from like your your kind of linking energy, if you will. And that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but yes, you can <laughs> sync your cycles with your, uh, you know, your girlfriend, your housemates, other women that you live with. Awesome. So yeah. now before you go, would you give our listeners three actionable tips sure. around our menstrual health? Sure. So I would say pick one thing that you heard today and start to implement that starting today. Uh, sometimes I find that people get overwhelmed with so many things that they hear and then they're, they just freeze because they don't know what to do first. But you don't have to do everything. Just pick one thing and do that today. And then tomorrow, do one more thing that's you know a percentage better and do that every day until you have a whole list of new activities and habits that you're doing on a regular basis. And I always say we're going for progress, not perfection. So don't think you have to be perfect with this. Just try to do a little bit better than you did yesterday. And then if you're already doing many of these things, ask yourself, where is something that I can up-level? Like where is something that I can improve just a little bit to get even that much better, that much healthier, that much more fertile if you're trying to get pregnant? The next thing I would say is to track your cycle and to start cycle syncing. Whether you're trying to have a baby or you're trying to prevent a pregnancy, or you're just wanting to know your body, cycle thinking and tracking your cycle is the most valuable thing that you can do for your overall health, fertility, hormones, everything, because it gives you so much data and it tells you so much about yourself. It's really easy to pinpoint if there's a problem and you can correct it before it becomes an even bigger problem. And then the last thing I would say is to reach out for support if you need it get a coach, get a, you know, a healthcare practitioner or somebody that's in your corner that can help you through this because not just with the knowledge, but also the accountability and support that so many of us need. I find so many clients, they know what to do, but without that accountability and support, it's a lot harder to do it on a regular basis. So reach out to somebody for support. Perfect. And now, Really, really the final question, Kayla. <laughs> what is the one food that takes you to your happy place every time? Oh my goodness. So my husband and I are foodies and so it's hard to pick just one. Um, <laughs> so I would say I love a good smoothie. I mean, I just, I probably have a smoothie every day for breakfast, whether it's like 10 degrees outside or 90, it doesn't matter. So a good smoothie is what I would say, filled with lots of greens and lots of berries and some good healthy fat. Hey, did you know most people make New Year's resolutions and never see them through? January is now over and many of you may feel like you're losing steam. So I've created this 30-day feel-good challenge to help you get back on track with your well-being goals. It's completely free, you can start anytime, Swap the suggested activities around to whatever suits you. There are no weird foods, tough workouts, and you don't need any special equipment to join. Sign up today to get access to your 30-day feel-good challenge calendar at www.notadiet.co.uk slash feelgood30-signup. 
The link is also in the show notes of this episode. Once again, it's free and super simple and you'll feel great. And that's it for this episode of Neighborhood Nutritionist. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and I hope you've really enjoyed it and learned something you can take away with you today. If you could take a second to share this episode with one person you think will love it, that would be absolutely amazing. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening now. See you soon.